Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Hey, before we jump into this week's Words of Life episode, we wanted to share a full episode of another show we create called Heartbeat. Heartbeat is a one-minute show about real life. We talk about everything from finances and prayer to shows about our mental and physical health. We drop two episodes a week, every Monday and Thursday, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. From the Salvation Army, welcome to Heartbeat. In Psalm 139, verse 14, the psalmist writes, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. In today's culture, we're led to believe that the way we look dictates our worth. If we're not thin enough or muscular enough, or if we don't look like the person on the cover of a magazine, then we're not worth much. The truth is, We are created by God and made in His image. We should be celebrating His work. That's us, you and me. He loves who we are, not just the way we look. So give thanks to God today because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. For more episodes of Heartbeat, visit SalvationArmyRadio.org. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. Following our series with Natalie Runyon that just finished last week, we are launching a new series today called Our House. In our previous series, we discussed church hurt and those who've walked away from the church after experiencing pain or drama. And we encouraged the saints not to give up on the body of Christ. This week, we're kind of continuing this topic as we now study what the church should look like. So maybe from our previous series, that was you. And Natalie really spoke to your heart. What should you look for in a new church? We'll be joined by Captain Paul Ryerson as he studies biblically what the body of Christ is called to do and what it should look like today. What makes a good church is family. I believe a good church looks like uh, diversity and where the gifts of the Spirit are evident. Uh, what makes a good church is the people. 
and the believers um, coming together to share God's Word. I'm Captain Paul Ryerson, and, and I'm the what we would call in the Salvation Army, the core officer or pastor of one of our churches here in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And uh, I have the privilege uh, every day to, to minister uh, through the gospel, through, through serving our community, but also to preach and, and to shepherd those who call our church home. And in this series that we're going to be looking at uh, for the next uh, eight episodes is really about the church. It's about our house. You know, how, how should our house look? How should we uh, really be looking at each other, the way we, we, our relationships and all of the things in between. And so uh, for the next several episodes, uh, you know, if you're looking for a church home or maybe you're a part of a church home, I hope you find this to be valuable and, and maybe just an opportunity for you yourself to figure out where do you fit in to this beautiful thing that we call the church. Peter, he's gone. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. When hearing this, Peter and the other disciples quickly got up and ran to the tomb where Jesus had been placed in after his crucifixion. When they arrived, they entered the tomb and they saw it empty. The burial linens that were wrapped around Jesus were neatly folded on the place where Jesus was laid. There was no explanation, no reason, no logic as to why anyone would come and steal the body of Jesus. This was the only explanation to the disciples. People just don't leave the grave once they go in. Even after spending three years following Jesus, seeing him heal the sick, feed the hungry, cast out demons, walk on water, calm the storm, even after all of that, they still didn't understand that Jesus is more powerful than death. For he did walk out of the grave. He is risen. After he revealed himself to his disciples and showed them that he had risen from the dead, he gathered the remaining 11 at a mountain in Galilee. When they all saw him, they worshiped him. But some still doubted. Knowing that he's about to return back with his father, he, he tells the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. I think it was in this moment when the disciples finally fully understood the depth and power of who Jesus was. And now it's time to get to work.
Today, we're starting a new series called Our House, an eight-episode look into what we call the church. I mean, have you ever asked someone what they think about the church or what their thoughts are about going to church? Their responses will vary from person to person. Their responses may inspire feelings of anger or sadness, or perhaps it brings up feelings of of joy and hope. This is because the church isn't defined by one specific experience. It's not like your trip to Disney World where you know what you're going to be getting, you know, where you have the rides, the shows, and the characters. You pretty much know before you go if theme parks are your thing or not. Even so, some may be pleasantly surprised by their experience or and it's just another confirmation that you're not a theme park person. Now, the church isn't a theme park, or at least it shouldn't be. For the next eight episodes, we are going to explore four congregational values that, that should define our relationships with those inside and outside of the church. Commission, community, commandment, and collaboration. The Great Commission is probably something that every experienced believer could quote from memory. All of us have that image of Jesus on the mountainside giving the Great Commission to his disciples, telling them to go and make disciples of all nations and then ascending into heaven. Now, those words that Jesus spoke to them wouldn't have been a surprise to the disciples on that day. They They've been hearing Jesus say this in one way or another for years. I mean, he most commonly used the analogy of a shepherd and his sheep throughout his teachings or that of a farmer and his harvest, like we find in Matthew 9. Now here, Jesus is leaning on a subject that they all could relate to, farming. You know, verse 35 starts with a summary of what Jesus had been doing the previous two chapters up to this point. It it says, Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now, just in the last two chapters leading up to this very moment, Jesus went to all the towns and villages in the area and and did the following. If we were to go back and read this, this is what he's done. This is what he's accomplished so far. It says that he's healed the centurion's servant. He healed Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. He calmed the storm with just two words, healed two demon-possessed men, healed a paralytic man, called a tax collector to follow him, brought back a child from the dead, healed a woman from bleeding, healed the blind and the mute. And this was just in the last two chapters. This is what happens when Jesus visits your town, your village, your city, your church. This is what Jesus does. But the question is, why? Why did Jesus do this? Why did he go from town to town doing these things? The answer is written out for us in the next verse. It's because when Jesus saw the crowds, when he saw the blind, the mute, the demon-possessed, the sick, when he saw them, he had compassion on them. Not disdain, but compassion. He isn't a God on a pedestal 
but one with his people. He doesn't say to come to him after you have been made perfect, but to come as you are, and he will make you perfect. This is sanctification. He will save. He will clean. He will heal. And he will sanctify. Since the garden, all of humanity has been wandering without a shepherd, lost and helpless. And it was in this spirit, the spirit of a shepherd, that Jesus stopped his disciples to make sure that they knew his heart. He wanted his disciples to know the reason that he was here. Like a good shepherd, he is here to save the lost. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.